Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. Well, good morning. It's good to see you all. Good to see you in church. We are thankful for the rain and um, God and His goodness. Um, Jesus is looking at a crowd one day, and I, I want to read to you what he said. Jesus um, went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and because they were helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, and he goes on and says, Hey, the harvest of humanity. Man, it's big. But, but what, what I want us to see here just as we launch into this is that Jesus looked out and he saw that people were harassed. He saw that they were at an end of themselves. He saw that really, for the most part, they had struggles going on. Isn't it interesting that people will talk about the church and that it's judgmental and all those kinds of things, but Jesus looked out and he was moved with compassion for people. He was moved, he was, he was moved, he saw that they were harassed. And I think a lot of people live more harassed and more helpless and more underweight and under pressure than, uh, than I'd even like to contemplate. And I don't know how you come in this morning, but I, I know this for sure, that God's plan, God's purpose isn't that we live life weighed down and overwhelmed. That is definitely, there are seasons, there are times um, but, but so this, this message is another part I've been talking in the services about um, travelling light or living loaded. And I wonder if you're living loaded this morning. And if you are living loaded, I hope you'll give me your full attention. And if you're travelling light, and that is just because it's a season of life, maybe you can give me your attention for 28 minutes. 28 minutes. Some of you will spend more time on Instagram than that before the end of this day. 28 minutes from the Word of God, the Bible says the Spirit of God in this place at work in your life and mine to bring not about some progressive improvement, but transformative change. And the only way to miss out on the transformative change that God would bring into a person's life is to listen, hear, and not do anything with it. Otherwise, it's going to turn up and it's going to work. And so traveling light or living loaded is what we're, we're talking about. We're continuing. It's this idea that we can live one way or the other. Now, I recognise that life has seasons, doesn't it? Um, life has seasons whereby, you know, I don't know about you, for me, Boxing Day. For me, when I try and think about heaven, I think about heaven, it's like a combination between Christmas Day and Boxing Day every day. Just, you just take those two days of the year and insert them over all eternity. All right, and, and you remove the summer and just make it 22 degrees all year round. Yeah. Bron told me last night that 22 degrees on the air cooler is a luxury we can't afford. And uh, I was pretty depressed. So this morning, just so you know, and hopefully she doesn't listen to the podcast, when I got up this morning, I did turn it down from the 24 that she'd set it on. And life became like heaven very quickly. There was no unpleasantness in the room. I don't know why I was telling you that. Let's move on. <laughs> Traveling light, living loaded. How's it going to be in life? And, 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 and so here's the thing. Here's the thing. There, sorry, that's what I was saying. There are seasons that are heavier than others. We all have them. I was thinking about, um, you know, when my mum passed away, that, that, that was a heavy season. 
In fact, I remember for about a month I had um, uh, pains in my chest. And, and then I came back to Tamworth on the day that she passed away. I went to church midweek. I know what I was thinking. I probably should have just left everyone to it. And, but we thought differently then. And, and um, I went to church and after it, I said to Mia Dormer, I said, oh, I've got these pains in my chest. I think I need to see a doctor. And she said, Darren, you don't mess around with that. Go to the hospital now. They ran tests all night. I said, Darren, you're in excellent condition, as you can see, right? Like they, they, they said, you're in excellent condition. And um, um, we don't know what it is. And I realized for the first time in my life, somewhere in my 30s, however old I was, um, that I actually just had a broken heart. My heart was so broken that I couldn't deal with the pain. So I understand that there are weighted seasons where we, but even then, even if you're a believer today, even then in that weighted season, I remember, you know, the, the, the peace and the presence of God and the word of God and the, and the surety of eternity for my mother. And, and again, even there in the middle of the weightedness, everything is different, everything changes. So there are weighted and heavy seasons in all of our lives. But, but what we're talking about today is more the rhythm of life. See, we can all think of somebody if we track back three years, they live loaded up and weighted down. And if we track to this very moment, their life, regardless, we don't know their circumstances, is still loaded up and weighed down. And if we were to predict forward without an internal change as to who they are and the way they go about life, they will be loaded up and weighed down. Right, we get that. Because it's a spirit that someone lives with. And then you can get someone else you get someone else, and we can go back three years, and um, they will be living, traveling light, as it were. And then that same person, if you think of them today, they are somehow traveling light. And here's what I know about my wife. I know that circumstances are going to happen. I know that things are going to change. But based on the state of her current spirit, three years from now, the general rhythm of Bron will be that she travels light in a spirit through life. I don't know what the circumstances will be, but I do know that as a general way of life, that unless something changes and goes wrong with her, that she will, generally speaking, travel light in life. And I think that that's what God wants for you. I think it's what he wants for me. I think it's what um, the Bible talks about, is that he would have us travel light. Jesus actually made this statement, "'Come to me, all who are weary and weighted.'" heavy laden, but you know, weighted, loaded up and weighed down. He says, and I will give you rest. You will find rest for your souls. God's will, God's clear will for humanity is not that we live weighed down and loaded up, but that we might actually travel light through this life by his grace and with his help. And so here, here comes the verses we looked at last week. I think I called them Romans 12. So anybody with any biblical credibility turned the turn the podcast off if they listen to it and uh, because it's Hebrews 12, chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2. Some of you knew that, didn't you? Daniel didn't. Daniel loved, he said he loved Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And um, no, sorry. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us show off everything, everything, everything. If someone came to you today and said, you need to give God everything, everything you owned. Who would get nervous? I mean, everything is a lot, right? And so the Bible says, hey, let us throw off everything, everything. Every single thing that's ever happened to us, every single thing that's going on in us, 
every single thing, it says, that hinders us and the sin that easily entangles us, let us throw it off and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And so I started to talk last week about let it go, throw it out, cut it loose. I want to pick up there, move forward, and then uh, with the time we've got left, um, move on to the second part, which is fix our eyes on Jesus. Let it go, throw it out, cut it loose. A 90-second recap of last week because you won't need any more of that because you remember it so, so well. And um, uh, here it is. Uh, Let it go, throw it out, cut it loose. Stuff happens, doesn't it? Stuff happens to us. Stuff happens. And, And we talked about how we've done stuff to people. I, I mean, I have to some of you. Um, most of it is because I'm clueless most of the time. I don't mean it, but I'm sure I have. I'm sure I've walked past you in, in, in a hurry, and um, some of you, that's offended you, and I'm, you know, I'm sorry that when that happens. Um, you've done stuff to other people. Some of you have done stuff to me, Scotty. Some of you have done big stuff to me, Scotty, and we don't want to talk about that, although I have got a slide just to point out the thing, the 10 points, um, stuff's happened. We've had stuff has been done to us and the Bible's clear message is let it go, throw it out, cut it loose and, and, and we've done stuff to others and sometimes the stuff done to us is much harder to let go of than the stuff we've done. Isn't that true? And um, I told you last week about how I lost Bronze iPad. That was harder for her to get over than me to get over. Although I was pretty broken about it, Bron, on the podcast. I was very devastated and I'm still recovering from it. But who knows that when it's done to you, it's harder to get over. So let it go, throw it out, cut it loose. If it's complicated, um, I don't want to be simplistic about it. Some things um, require a lot to be worked through. I I do get that. Um, And so I don't want to be simplistic about it. It's complicated. But regardless... um, the starting point, whatever we got to work through, and we should with professionals and Bible and, and people, we should work through it. But still at the start is to let it go, throw it out, cut it loose, and then do the process. But I think the other is true as well. And I think it's particularly true um, in the day we live in. I think we make stuff complicated that's simple. Um, you know, we, we live in the age of tolerance. And I'm, I'm actually for tolerance. I'm actually for it. But I think sometimes we're so tolerant you can't say anything. Hey, sometimes we just need to get over stuff for our own sake. And sometimes we're holding on to stuff that's unhelpful to us. And the Bible comes along and says, hey, let it go. Throw it out. Cut it loose. So we talked about that. And then the final thought last week was around um, just an an idea that's helped Bron and I that um, is that sometimes we'll be thinking about something, talking about something, we go, hey, I think this has taken up more time than it deserves. And then we will, that'll be it. And one of us will go to bring it up, you know how that works, and you go, no, that's, we've already, we've done with that. And sometimes a conversation or what's been done to us or what's going on or the latest news or the rumour or the gossip, sometimes it's just time to go, no, no, that's already had more of my heart and more of my head than it deserves. We're done with that starting now. And that's been really helpful over time. So let's, let's move forward from there um, because I think that what we really want um, is God wants you and I to step into our God-appointed future. He wants us to travel light, not loaded in life. And so let's build from there. The, the, the verse again, there is um, stuff that hinders us. There is sin that entangles us. I thank God that he puts that in the Bible. That Bible, since I was a new Christian, has helped me. That verse, those verses have helped me so many times. Uh, so relieved when I read the sin that so easily entangles me. Is that liberating to you? Some people get offended that we mention sin. I don't. My conscience tells me that I sin. 
That's dumb to tell me that I don't sin. What's helpful is to tell me that I need not be entangled by it and that I can be liberated by it. That's helpful. Because all of us, most of us, I don't know, maybe, that if we've got a conscience, we're aware that we're not getting it right all of the time. How much better than to shut it out and say that it doesn't matter is to go, hey, it is real. Your conscience is alive. That's probably God. And there is a liberating answer. His name is Jesus. I think that's way more empowering. So, so here are some thoughts just moving on from that. Um, uh, here's the next thought. Um, number one, life is long. Life is short. So let it go. Life is long, isn't it? Life, hopefully it's long. Um, life is long. And it's too long to carry forward what builds up over the day, the month, the quarter, the year, the decade, the decades. Like, can you imagine if you live to your 90, one in three British women born today will live to 100. Can you imagine the build-up of things done to us over a 100-year period? And so life is long, and it's too long to carry everything that accumulates all of our days. Do you ever spring clean your cupboard? Like some of you go, oh, I might wear that one day, but you haven't worn it for five years, you know, right? But me, here's, here's what I live by. If, if in doubt, throw it out. That's literally how I do it. If in doubt, throw it out. If it's in the garage, if it's in my cupboard, if it's in my car, it's probably cost me a lot of money over a lot of years. But if in doubt, my policy is throw it out. And, and so life is long. We don't want to accumulate. The other side of it's true too. Life is short. And the older I get, the more that's true. Life is short. So I don't want to waste it. some some people wake up and suddenly a decade is done of holding on to stuff that happened to them a decade ago and it didn't need to be like that. And so life is short, life is long, let it go, throw it out, cut it loose. Here's the next thought. Let's um, just keeping short accounts with God and people, but keeping short accounts with with God and people. You know, that's um, that's like my least favourite Bible verse, but it's very powerful. Um, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Well, I don't know how many times I've had to deal with that. You know, we're in bed. I just want to go to sleep. And I go to sleep really quickly, like 90 seconds. I am, most nights, I'm asleep. And, um, um, but, and Brian will go, Daz, we need to sort this. And it's late. And you're like, oh, do I need to sort it now? Keep short accounts with people. But here's the one I bring to you. Keep short accounts with God. Now, some people keep no accounts with God. Even Christians, they move through life like there is no account. But there is an account. And if we had the time to stay there, the Bible's really, really clear that you and I will give an account. So if we're going to give an account, let's keep the account short so there's no account to give. Does that make sense? So I've put here, repent quickly. People resist the idea of our sin reality, don't they? And depravity and the, and the need for repentance. But again, I think it's like what we are talking about before, Owning our sin and choosing repentance is not condemning when it's healthy. It's actually liberating. Repentance is important. It helps us travel light in life. Listen to this. This is the Bible. It says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. It's talking about the return of Jesus. It says, Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That's what he wants for every person on the face of the planet currently breathing Breath, Luke chapter 13 says, unless you repent, you will likewise perish. Jesus said that. Um, Acts 3, 19, repent therefore and be converted that our sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Isn't that powerful? 
Um, Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out and that times of refreshing may come. If we dismiss repentance, we blot out refreshing. We, We blot out the lightness that can come. Now, I don't know when the last time you got it wrong, stuffed it up, we'll use the word sin, but I can tell you it's not that long for me. Like, it's, it's really not that long. 1997, February, you know, it's, it's, it's really not that long. Really, really not that long. And thank God for sleep because sometimes you get long periods where you don't stuff it up, right? The more you sleep, the better you will go at it. And, but I, what I know for sure is that that God wants me to keep short accounts with that. He doesn't want me weighted down and loaded up by that. He, he wants me to travel light through life. He wants you to travel light through life. And repentance helps us travel light through life. It's not there to, it's not there to condone behaviour and it's not there to condemn behaviour. It's there to deal with behaviour. And I think repentance is powerful for us. I put here, repentance is, it is where peace with God and more than that begin. And my prayer this morning is that some of you as you sit there, having never truly repented in your life, that the Holy Spirit would be convicting you right now about making that decision. Because if, if God gets a hold of you, it will liberate you from the inside out from this moment on. And, and then there's the repentance that's ongoing. Are you like me? It, it needs to be ongoing. Again, not to remind me of my sin, but to remind me that we progress, that we move forward that we put away those things which hinder and would entangle and we continue to move forward, there are some things I'm better at than I used to be. How about you? When I first became a Christian, I was always repenting of losing my temper. I mean, I was a young guy working on the factory floor. I would just storm into the boss's office, let them know what exactly what I thought, why they were wrong, why I was right. And I remember one day I wanted a transfer and I went in, I said, you know, you guys, you're a joke. This is literally how I'm talking. You're a joke. I'm 21 years old, and these guys are smart people. You guys are a joke. Like, you won't give me a transfer that I should get because I work hard. And he went, well, Darren, you can't have 15 sickies a year, and you expect us to move you to somewhere that has limited staff. I went, well, I've accumulated 15 sickies. Of course I'm going to take them. Who knows? You don't want to employ that guy, right? So, but now I don't do that anymore. You realize that in the Bible you can't do that. You repent of it. You progress. You repentance is powerful. It doesn't condone my past. It doesn't condemn my past. But it does deal with my past. Um, and so I don't think there should be any timidity around it. I think that we should be going for it around the need for repentance. What repentance isn't is penance, that's for sure. It's not doing due, you know, it's not doing our time. It's not regret. Judas lived with regret and he took his own life. I mean, Judas was deeply sorry for what he'd done, but he didn't repent. He just lived with regret, and it ended up... Repentance is not self-condemnation. Well, none of us are to hate ourselves, but we are to um, have a dislike for sin in all of its forms as a believer in Jesus. I think we're to be troubled by our sin in a way that causes us to deal with it, move forward in it. If we stumble and fall again in it, we deal with it, we move forward in it that we might eventually, or even right now, live liberated from it. The Bible says this, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 just people who don't need to. So what is repentance? Repentance is at least in part conviction. It's a, a conviction that I am getting it wrong, that I want to get it right, that I want to move forward. It's a conviction going on and um, being th- thankful. It's, 
It's, and I think when conviction is absent, we should be more troubled, to be honest. Don't you? When conviction, when, when I've lived a certain way for so long that now conviction isn't even part of my... That, that's when I'm in trouble. That, that, that's what can hurt me. That can lead me to weigh down. And the evidence of repentance is a life in change, a life that has changed and is changing. Repentance takes humility, it does. And I think it's the unfashionable and powerful um, agent in living light. So that's that. To live light, next thought, is to embrace God's invitation to cast our cares upon him. Um, uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. There you go. We're emotionally intelligent people. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he might lift you up in due time. Verse 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I've found this. I'm sure many people in this room have the most liberating of thoughts in in the pages of Scripture is to just cast my cares upon him when I'm burdened, when I'm weighted. We've been in a few tight corners in the course of our life. I'm sure you have too. And just to be able to go, God, I'm... I'm, I'm out of options here. I, I've really got no answer in the hole that I'm in right now. I really, really need you to turn up. It's amazing over the years how many times God has turned up in that space, sometimes quickly, sometimes, you know, on his timing, but has turned up in that space. Um, I just think that we just want to cast our cares upon him, keep bringing them to him, keep letting them go, keep leaving them with him. When, when we can't do anything more, you know, just to continue to call out to him. I was driving along the other week and all the clouds were like yesterday over and above us and they didn't pour rain. And it was a really good reminder to me that unless God causes and calls the clouds to open, that I am powerless to bring any kind of rain or change to our land. So we call out to him and so we cast our cares upon him in those moments knowing that he actually cares for us. We're going to bed last night the aircon, for whatever reason, is broken down in the kids' rooms, and, um, which is okay. At least it's still in our room and comfy. And, but it's broken down. Actually, I think it's in Kate's room, but it's not in the other two, which is kind of like the air conditioning version of Christmas Santa, you know, like the good kids get present and the bad kids don't. And so, so, so at 11 o'clock, and I understand this, Belle feels it. So, so I'm about to go to bed. You know, it's like a Saturday night. You're tired. It's late. You just want to go to sleep. And Belle says, Dad, I'm so hot. Is there a fan? And so I go into the garage. I look for a fan. There is. But here's the problem. It's not put together. (laughs) Now, if you know me, when it comes to my hands, even a fan, like this is true, it does take me four times as long as any normal human being. It's miraculous all on its own. Belle can confirm it. She heard me yell so many times just putting together this little fan that she came out and said, Dad, you don't have to do it. Lockie got out of bed. It was 11.30 at night. Lockie got out of bed and said, Dad, do you need a hand? Like, I'm not very good in this space. I've forgotten why I was telling you the story. <laughs> There's got to be a reason for it. Let me think. Let's assume there was a really good reason. And um, Bella got the fan, and she did get the fan, and it did work. And I can't remember. All right, let me shift gears with the few minutes that we have. Uh, Those Bible verses again. Hebrews chapter 12 um, and verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great 
cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus in terms of traveling light, not living loaded. Listen to Jesus, Matthew 11, verse 28 from the message version. Are you tired, worn out? Come to me, he says. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Don't you? I love that line. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So it says, number one, walk with me and work with me. Then it says, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Um, when you read the text here, it says that Jesus, um, uh, Jesus, let me read it. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. It goes on to talk about who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, sat down at the right hand um, of the Father. And I, I think that one of the things we can see in fixing our eyes on Jesus, learning his rhythm, number one is this. Jesus was clear on why he was here. And that just removed a whole lot of things out of his life. Uh, do you, you like me? I feel like we live in the most distracted age that has ever been. I can get up in the morning, start to do my devotion, which is my habit. And by the time I read CNN, Fox News, ABC and Al Jazeera, which is my normal morning habit after my devotion, after I've done that, all my time can be gone. We live in a distracted age, don't we? And I, and I think it, it makes life heavy. In fact, um, Luke chapter 8 talks about it. Um, I think it's Luke chapter 8. Um, yeah, Luke chapter 8, verses 14 and 15 talk about it. It says how people having received the word of God, the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures and they do not mature. I think a whole lot of people are living loaded and weighted just because their lives are choked with stuff, just overloaded with, with stuff. And, and I suppose my question, even for me sometimes, is to go, who told you that that, who, who said that it needs to work like that? I mean, if you've got little kids, who said that they need to do 10 sports? Who said that? Who told us that? And, and, and that we need to be out every night and we need to, you know. Uh, do you know they, the average um, person spends two hours a day on social media? You might not be the average, you might be above or below, but the average person speaks two hours a day. Think about this. If your life feels loaded and weighted and you're a social media, and, and I think this is true, most of us spend more, if we're on them, we're spending more time than we realise, right? Because uh, I know when I see how long I've been on my phone, I'm like, oh, I don't want anyone to see that, like, but we live distracted, and it weighs us down, it loads us up, it leaves us choked um, as the things that really matter most get pushed to the side and the things that really don't matter um, come to the fore. And I think, that, I think that it's actually, in some ways, I think that that stuff is, is hurting us. But Jesus lived fixed. He, he, he was very clear about why he was here and what he was here to do. Um, in the midst of all the chaos, in the midst of all the hell breaking loose, uh, with all the demands, more demands on his time than he had time to do it, Jesus was able to stay focused. Are you tired? Are you weary? The Bible says learn his rhythm, learn his ways. And, and I think just, you know, it's interesting to me that the average person can spend two hours on Instagram and Facebook and whatever else a day, 14 hours a week, but then will say to me, they'll say, Darren, I'm just too busy to be in church. I'd say they're too distracted. 
if I just take one-tenth of the 14 hours of social media and redistribute that, still got 12, and 12 hours and 50 minutes. Jesus was clear on why he was here. I think that helps us. Um, sometimes I think this is true. Oh, this is certainly true of my life. I don't know about yours. Sometimes the good's just choking out the best for me. All the good stuff. I don't know where your stage of life is. All the good options choke out the best. And so just going, hey, Jesus lived clear and he lived uncluttered. I love this. Uh, Luke 4:42. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. Whole nother subject. The people were looking for him. And when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. As you would, right? But listen to Jesus' response. Not, yeah, I'm going to stay and do some more work amongst you and do some more ministry. He says, no, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also because this is why I was sent or this is why I've come. And so for you and I just being clear about why we're here, getting uncluttered, like, like what, 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 what's really just cluttering my life? Um, I do it routinely across the year, live clear. I've, I've been doing it for the last week or two. And I'm um, just going through my, unlike you, the nerdy part of me, I'm not much of a nerd except for this, I think, is I love going through my diary and deleting stuff and then resetting it, color-coded. It's like heaven, you know, people are yellow. Important things that aren't in the rhythm normally are red. Meetings are blue. Are you jealous? You are, I can tell you're jealous. But right now what I've been doing, I've just been going through my whole, because we're about to go and leave, and I've just been going through my whole diary, deleting everything, just deleting every, everything that doesn't need to be there so that I can come into next year reset. So I'm deleting everything and then, I, and then you work through the process. You go, okay, let's declutter, just like a spring clean of your cupboard. Let's declutter and then let's reset everything with clear, clear focus, clear purpose. And then let's build the things in, build the things in that I must do building the things that, you know, God calls me to, that I must do, um, and building the things that, you know, as a, if you're a dad, building the things you must do, um, and go to work, you know, mums and dads, go to work, parents, whatever, um, just adults, go to work, um, building the things we must do, bring it, and then building, obviously, some things we love to do, but not loaded up to the point that I'm way down, because no one told us we had to live like that, did they? And I don't know about you. I don't want you to live weighted. I've lived like that too many times, wasted too many years, just exhausted all year, every year, year after year. And I just don't think it's God's will for our lives. It has seasons, it has moments, it has periods, but it's not His will. So I just encourage you around all that. Why don't you stand with me? One's the spirit, the other's practical. I don't know where you're at today, but I know that Jesus wants us to travel light and not live loaded as a normal rhythm and a normal way of life. Um, let me pray. Heavenly Father, we're very grateful for your word. We're grateful that it just keeps pointing us back to Jesus, keeps fixing our eyes on him. We thank you that, um, Lord, for every believer, we're moving through this life. This is not our home. We're able to travel light. And so I pray for all of us, Lord, you'd help us, Lord, how to, with the stuff that would affect our heart and our mind, I pray that you would help us to identify it, cut it loose, travel like God. I pray you'd help people forgive and overcome and in Jesus' name. And Lord, and then we just pray for all the stuff going on in our lives. 
Pray it help us to discern between the good and the best with an honest and faith-filled heart to live our lives, Lord, like Jesus, just clear on who He is, what He is here for and where He's headed. Lord, in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless. Have a great Sunday. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au. And thanks again for listening.